A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Orange Cassidy versus Big Bill for the All-Atlantic Championship was our first match on Dynamite and all the crowd went crazy for Orange. I love it. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs, the Wrestling Review Show with me, Simon Miller. And as the t-shirt says, and I deliberately wore it today, given what does happen later on, goofy wrestling for life. What do you want to be, serious man 9000 all the time? I'd be really boring. This was also great because it was David versus Goliath, little man versus big man, or giant versus not so giant. And that always works in wrestling. We've been doing this since like 1442, and never have I seen this kind of dynamic and gone, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. No, I go the other way and I go, let's go. It's also totally different from Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Utah last week, so that's smart. We are utilizing wrestling. And to try and piss Big Bill off to start with, Orange Cassidy kept rolling out the ring. And then Bill went to grab him. So Orange Cassidy rolled out the ring when Bill went to grab him. And Orange rolled out the ring. Now, it got really bad when Cassidy got into it with Stokely Hathaway, who was also at ringside. (laughs) Straight after this, Big Bill just wrecked Orange Cassidy with a boot. And I was like, well, he's going to become some kind of juice now, isn't he? And when Orange Cassidy tried to do the orange punch off Simba the Still Steps, Big Bill caught him and slammed him through a table. He got so damn high, I don't know how he's alive. Although saying that, the doctors came out to check on Cassidy after this. And I was like, what are you going to do? He's a piece of fruit. Are you going to eat him? And clearly, buddy Danhausen was also concerned because he came down and he started cursing fools. He was also worried because around this time, Bill applied the hurt lock. And this is when Dan did go up to Stokes and Hathaway hit him with this damn cast. And I was like, well, look at these absolutely jabronis ruining my wrestling TV. Amazingly, this fired up Orange Cassidy, though, who hit an orange punch to the knee. And I was like, well, hey, that's quite inventive. And it's a little bit like Elder Scrolls. When we also start throwing people into Simba the Steel Steps again. I was like, wait a minute. Are we going to have to start a campaign for him too? Once again, the things around the ring are just trying to do their job. As it turned out, it wasn't enough to floor the big man as Orange went crazy. I think he hit the stun dog millionaire, he hit the DDT, and then he hit three orange punches. The last one came off the top rope. So it was like a super duper orange punch. And he got the one, two, three. And I tell you, this was just pure joy. It was pure entertainment. And the fans were so damn loud. We then cut to this video of John Moxie after last week's Dynamite, and oh my gosh, he was like a blood fountain. And as you know, if you're a human, you don't want to be a blood fountain. He also told us that he's the type of guy that you don't want to walk down a dark alley with. And I was like, no, that's not true. You're the crazy person, so I'd much rather you were by my side. As he started to address Hangman Adam Page and say, oh man, bad things are going to happen to you on Sunday, but don't forget you requested this. 
He did. Mox then told us he was willing to die for this, and this was so intense, and it was so crazy, I totally believed him, especially because throughout all this, the blood got so bad, it was just dripping down into his eye, and he looked like some kind of terrifying cyborg. It was also absolutely badass and kind of disgusting, and it wouldn't surprise me that when he did walk through the curtain, somebody shouted, oh my gosh, do the promo now. Have you seen what John Moxley looks like? But this was so damn good, and I am so damn pumped for the Texas Deathmatch now. I'm also really scared, because what the flub are they gonna do? Giving it up. This is when I got all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum, because that's right, I spied two signs in the crowd, one of which said, respect for Barry Barricade. (laughs) And I was laughing for ages, and the other, that good old classic, giving it up. So thank you so much, my friends. I know I say this every single time, but I do not take this for granted. The fact that you sit down and you get a pen, you think, you know what, I'm gonna write something for Simon Miller, How could that not put a massive smile on my face? So, of course, you do get it up. Respect for Barry Barricade. Be nice to him. And we bring down the sign counter, and it goes up by one. And I tell you, I know it's arrogant, but it just makes me feel pretty damn good in my tootsie toes. Also, what the hell happens when the lights go out? I want answers. Because the Elite were about to make their big entrance and head to the ring to do something, but we will never know. Because we were plunged into darkness, and when the sun returned, dun dun dun, there was the House of Black. We then got more nighttime when the lights did return. Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King were stood there, and they were holding up the trio's championships. And I was like, well, that's not very nice. They don't belong to you. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were also on the floor, so maybe they tripped up or something. Although, actually, we had some cool sound effects here that was just like, pa, chippy, pa, 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 which apparently is how I think a fight goes. And you do have to admit, the build to this has been a little bit weird because it's just been lights on, lights off, lights on, lights off. But sometimes it's more about the destination. And given that we are getting the House of Black versus the Elite at Revolution at the weekend... I can't be mad at that. I think it's going to be so damn good. And actually, if you wanted to give the House of Black the belts, I don't think I'd mind it at all. The face of the Revolution ladder match was after this. <laughs> it was totally nuts. It also featured Ortiz, AR Fox, Sammy Guevara, Takeshda, Powerhouse Will Hobbs, Action Andre, Eddie Kingston and Commander, who was making his AEW debut. And very nicely, this was all going to tie into the TNT title. Now, I could be wrong here. I thought the face of the revolution meant you got a world title shot, but that's probably completely wrong and completely incorrect. When I was sat there in my chair watching AEW, I was like, oh my gosh, I actually don't know because I watch too much wrestling. This, however, was also insane because I can only imagine that these eight folks sat down with each other and they all agreed, shall we try and kill each other on this evening? And everybody just nodded their heads. Now, I am not going to be able to do this justice but you absolutely have to go and watch it. Samoa Joe was on commentary too, because of course he is the current TNT champion. One of the first things we saw was Eddie Kingston and Ortiz just fighting to the back, because I guess they were like, look, we can just carry on our story, and also we won't risk our lives. There was also a promo on social media though, when Eddie said he quit AEW. I mean, I guess he's just going to Ring of Honor. Still a little bit weird. This is when Commander decided it's my time to shine and he was doing his top rope walk and he had a ladder and he was taking out Action and Dre. And all I need to say about this guy is he took his first move and then about two minutes later he topped it, he topped it, he topped it. And by the end he was running across the top rope and doing this crazy dive into everyone. And I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. We were in Hobbs' hometown too, so he was getting a big push, and he's so damn good at being a monster. Although actually here, it was Hobbs and Takeshita getting into it, and they were doing big old German suplexes, and just doing big men slapping man meat. 
So I was having a great time again. This is all I want. We also saw Don Callis watching Dekeshna from the back, so I think we are going back to that angle. When once again, Commander was like, ha ha, the laws of physics, they don't apply to me. Watch me destroy gravity. AR Fox then got grabbed by Powerhouse 2 and he got DVD'd off the ring apron into a damn ladder. And that's when I started to get oogly boogly. I was like, oh no, here we go. Sammy Guevara and Action Andretti then did this falcon arrow off the top of another ladder. And I think they were meant to land on this ladder bridge that it set up, but instead they kind of just grazed it as they fell to the floor. And even I was terrified. Like if I was more crazy than I am, and I'm pretty crazy, I would have tried to ring up AEW and said, look, are they okay? And somehow it looked like they were. Commander and Dekeshta instantly then decided, well, you did that. We're going to do a blue thunderbolt off the ladder. And I'm going to think about that for the next 25 years. In fact, I'll be on my deathbed and it will pop up. It'll still make me feel exactly the same way. The crowd were absolutely desperate for Takeshita to win. And maybe at one point he was going to. When Daniel Garcia ran down and spoiled the party. That guy is such a dick. It meant that Sammy was then able to do this absolutely stupid senton. But all of a sudden, Takeshita was climbing up the ladder again. Because he was going for the big old sonic ring. Hobbs spied this from afar though. He just leveled the ladder. I mean, he ran through it. And then kind of sillily, he went and got a ladder that wasn't very tall to the point when he did climb it up, he had to balance right on the top as all the referees ran in to hold it. Otherwise, once again, he probably would have plunged to his demise. However, he did grab the big old Sonic ring. He is the face of the revolution. He will face the winner of Wardlow versus Samoa Joe, I think on next week's Dynamite. And I give him the belt like I really would. This guy has got everything he needs to be a massive star and we should start tonight. I'm giving it an up. Look, I have missed loads of spots here, but that's because you have to use your own vision boxes just to see this thing. I mean, it was genuinely terrifying. I got excited too because Samoa Joe jumped up right after this and he was eyeballing powerhouse Hobbs. When Wardlow came out, he tried to get to Samoa and instead he beat up a bunch of security guards as Hobbs just sat on the chair with this massive ring, basically going, ha 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 ha, like he was Sagat or something. So now actually I've changed my mind. Give me this triple threat match. You want to know why? Big men slapping me. We were there backstage with Rennie Paquette who told us that after they got beat up on Rampage, the best friends can't be in the casino tag team battle roll later when we got the greatest news of the evening. Because Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy were in front of them when we were told they were entering the thing instead. Of course, Orange couldn't give a damn, but I felt it in my tum-tum. I was like, oh my gosh, please let them win. You ain't gonna believe it. And then Chris Jericho whipped Peter Avalon's ass. Or at least that's what I thought I was going to be saying. But it was the opposite. Because I just thought this was so smart because we were riffing off the Action Andretti match. Because now the fact we have done that and it is a real thing. When you watch Chris Jericho, you're like, well, I'm sure he's not going to lose. But maybe he will. Especially here. Because as soon as it went ding, 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 Peter Avalon just double-legged him. And he whooped him. But he also did a 2023 wrestling dive and threw Chris Jericho into Simba the Still Steps. And it got me. It did. I felt it going through my bones. I was like, oh, they're going to do it again. They're going to allow Avalon to win. And then he got hit with the code breaker and he lost. This is also because Peter got too excited and hit the taunt button. But honestly, I thought this was so well put together. And it kept me on my toes. That's really all you need from wrestling. Jericho jumped Avalon with Floyd the baseball bat after this, which of course is when Ricky Starks made the save. But Christopher got a mic and was like, look, I know the JAS are banned when we get to our Revolution match, but they ain't banned this evening. Here they were. They beat up Ricky Starks. Jericho laid him out with the Judas effect. And when we get to Sunday, should Ricky Starks win? The answer is yes. 
never doing that again. And look, I get that some people aren't enjoying this feud, but I thought what they did last week was really good. I thought what they did this week was really good. And now just have Rick get the victory and he can go on to bigger things. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hangman Adam Page then replied to John Moxley, and honestly, these two. Because he basically said that he is putting everything on this match because so far he's lost his world title, he's lost his friends, and if he does get defeated here, maybe he'll lose his spot inside baseball. Instead, the cowboy is going to take Mox's position because there's only two choices here. You live or you die. I wanted to be like, Adam, come here. That is not the two choices. There is a third choice. Just have a wrestling match and stay alive. You do have to give it an up though because both of these promos were just fire. And I have no idea how AEW is going to get out of this. Like, it's going to be a Texas death match. And there's a part of me that thinks it should go on after MJF versus Brian Danielson. Because is anybody going to be able to top it? I don't think so. Giving it up. Freddie Paquette was then back in the ring. And she was talking to Christian Cage. This guy is a loon. Because there was just so much death chat on this episode of Dynamite. Because Christian was all like, oh, Jungle Boy wants to win a title in 2023, does he? Well, over my dead body. And I thought about it. And I was like, well, that's a terrible plan. If you're dead, you're not going to be able to stop him. The point is, though, is that Cage feels like Jack Perry is just one of these internet wrestlers that wants to win championships so he can make memes and go on the internet and do a little bit of a tweet. And to be fair, there are some people like that, but I don't think that's Jungle Boy. This is why he wants it to be a fight instead of a match at the pay-per-view. And if he doesn't show up, he'll be just like his father, a no-talent hack that couldn't get anywhere. This is what I did. I just stared into the floor and I thought to myself, I can't handle it. Then got this absolutely bizarre shift because we cut to this video of Jungle Boy, who was digging some sort of a grave 
and it kind of looked like he was crying. This was pretty damn emotional. And of course, the big reveal when we cut to the gravestone was that it said Christian Cage. So again, what do I keep telling you? Every single person on this AEW show is like, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. If you get in my face, I'm going to bury you in the ground. I mean, that's what Jungle Boy was doing. It really worked though, because when Renee asked Christian for his thoughts on this, he sold it like Triple H seeing Cactus Jack for the first time. He looked genuinely perturbed. Also, the whole promo by Cage was so damn good. I mean, the heat he got and he was flipping out of his mind. So once again, we should get to the weekend. This is a Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho situation. Just have Jungle Boy beat his ass. It would do him the world of good. I've really enjoyed this feud, given that we have had some foibles in the sense that Christian got injured. I think we've dealt with it very well. Ah, pervert! Bob, you hate wrestling, right? Yeah. Well, do I have the story to convert you? Because a wrestling veteran who has done it all has taken a young star under his wing before deciding he wants to kill him and making many insults and taking many shots against his very real-life father that died in tragic and sad circumstances. I don't want to be your friend anymore. Tony Schiavone was there with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, and Hayter is very excited that she gets to beat up two bitches at the weekend. They were her words, not mine. And of course, because we are getting Tony Storm versus Rio later, she's going to be at ringside. So what a good person she is supporting wrestling. I was then so pleased after this because we did get our match between Hook and Matt Hardy and if Matt Hardy lost, Hook would be allowed to have a no DQ match with Stokely Hathaway. This just ties into all the stuff we've been doing on AEW Dark. I liked it. The FTW title was also on the line and of course Ethan Page is on the outside along with Isaiah Cassidy. And at one point, Ethan just grabbed Hook and he threw him so hard into the ring post, I thought Hook's brain was going to explode in the floor. Now that obviously worried me. Nobody has better hair than Hook. Ethan Page, you need to be careful. Hardy was actually quite on this to begin with too until he started doing the delete chart. Honestly, all wrestlers need to remember, you can't just taunt randomly. It's not WWE 2K23. And at one point, it was so damn cool because Matt went after Hook who dodged and did this overhead suplex. Honestly, he's not the biggest guy, but he can just throw people around. Matt decided to use his experience to fight back when Stokely Hathaway took off the cast, gave it to Ethan, and he slammed it into Hook's head. And this basically led to a near fall when Matt Hardy was like, oh, I'm going to hit the twist of fate. Hook reversed it into the red rum. Bless Matt Hardy. He tapped out instantly because that guy gets it. And Stokely Hathaway basically fell into a depression after this. He was so damn worried. Goofy wrestling for life. I'm not sure whether we're doing this in a pay-per-view or not, but I would, because sometimes when you have those massive cards, you need a little bit of a change in pace here and there. I am going to give it an up, and you're never going to be able to change my mind. The House of Black were then back after this. They just walked in from the shadows. Those guys are weird. Malachi Black is a nice man, though, and said that he is going to return the trio's championships to the Elite because they're not theirs yet. But, of course, come the pay-per-view, they will be the brand new champions. And, again, we've already talked about this. That is probably what you should do. Now, we can feature the House of Blackmore. The Young Blucks can go back into the tag division. And Kenny Omega can go and take on, I don't know, whoever the flub you want, Brian Danielson. Rio and Tony Storm were then next. They smashed it. It was such a shame they didn't get more time because they were really finding their feet. Rio is so damn good. She only ever moves at 150 miles per hour and the fans just love her. And Tony Storm totally clicked with her too. This was good. It all went bad when Soraya cast Distraction, which allowed Tony to take over when she hit the sweet chip music. And I was like, oh my gosh, it looks so damn terrible all the time. When once again Soraya was back because Rio was on the outside, 
She just whammed her with a running knee. Thor then threw Riho so hard into Rita the Ring post, she must have seen what Ethan Page did and went, ha ha, I'll be able to better that. And Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter must have thought the same because they then walked out to ringside. From here, it was just such good back and forth action and Rio is such a good baby face, I found myself rooting for her and she hit this amazing cross body to the outside. Seriously, she just flies. She also got this great near fall after a Northern Light suplex when Tony Storm went for Storm Zero, but all of a sudden Riho reversed that into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, but she only got a two. Surprise roll up. None of that worked though, so Storm hit another sweet chick music and I was like, stop it, please, stop everything, stop it. When all of a sudden she was going for the clover leaf, Britt Baker jumped on the ring apron. Tony Storm is just a professional wrestler and she can't handle anything like that. So she let go of the submission hold when Rio did hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and she got the surprise three. And I tell you, I was genuinely shocked. So I didn't see that coming, but it kind of makes me think that maybe, just maybe, Soraya is winning at the weekend because that's what wrestling does. And obviously a big brawl broke out afterwards as Ruby Soho joined in. She was like, I ain't picking any sides. She tonked everyone. The big question is, of course, does this change at Revolution? And I would do that, and I'd start building to a big multi-person match down the line. Just enjoy all of this. I think AEW has something here, and long may it continue. Giving it up. Also, bring it down. There it is, the surprise roll-up board, which, of course, goes up by one. What a wonderful thing it is. Don't even know if it's up there. That's just where I look. Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes are then here, and they reminded us that they will be taking on Swerve Strickland and his boys come Rampage. And I really hope we do do Keith Lee versus Swerve soon, because I've been waiting for that. When it was time for the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale, this was crazy. Like, the Dark Order were the first team, and instantly, here was the Blackpool Combat Club, they beat him up. It was absolute chaos though, especially because we carried on some feuds, we started other feuds, although mostly here we continued to tease that maybe Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Ute were a going heel. I mean, they were super duper violent. Preston Vance and Rouge came in at number three when the Lucha Brothers were number four. They got a mega reaction. Everybody loves them. When Aussie Open came in at number five, they just went super power 9,000. They were flattening everyone when, yes, the Blackpool Combat Club did very sadly eliminate the Dark Order. They have not had a good week. Danny Magic and Cool Hand Andrew in after this, so I was instantly happy. As Roosh was trying to unmask Phoenix because he's an asshole. When Top Flight also got in and decided what this battle brawl is missing is speed, they went about 8,000 miles an hour. The ring was getting so crowded at this point, so Matt Menard got hurled when the kingdom walked to the ring. Then what happened after this? Because Tony Nese, Ari Davari, Josh Woods, and birthday boy Mark Sterling just walked out and they started to beat up the Lucha Brothers. This was perfectly fine. This was perfectly cool. Don't worry about the rules. If you want to go and murk someone, just do it. It meant Roosh and Vance were able to eliminate them, although I think Roosh and Vance then got thrown out as well by top flight. Roosh just took this massive boot to the face where Darius and Dante Martin also got thrown out of there. And as ever, they were basically halfway into space when they fell to the outside. Why so crazy? Sadness was then instantly replaced by happiness because Dan Howes and Orange Cassidy were here. And you have no idea, my friends, how much I wanted them to win. It was a little bit crazy. Angela Barker was then trying to hide when the Butcher and the Blade came out. So I'm like, huh, they must have shut their shop early. When the Kingdom accidentally super kicked Maria Canellis, who of course had come out with them, so they got chucked out too. We were losing teams. It also caused a fracas because Aussie Open were then eliminated too. I had to lay down after this. It was absolute carnage. The final three were the BCC, the Best Friends, and the Butcher and the Blade, which is when Alex Reynolds and John Silver were back. And they too were like, ha ha, we don't care about the rules. Because they basically distracted Claudio and Wheeler. So they got thrown out as well. Now, of course, this meant we were down to the Butcher and the Blade, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. 
I was like, I can't lose here. I love the Butcher and the Blade. I love the other two. But then, just when the Butcher and the Blade were going to throw out Orange Cassidy, Danhausen appeared. He dumped them. And now those two are going to the pay-per-view. I literally ran around my house. I was also in tears because before you knew it, Jeff Jarrett and his crew and the Glung Club just ran out to beat everybody up. And then the Acclaimed were also here because they wanted to beat everyone up too. And of course, it meant this segment could end with Max Caster and Anthony Bowens going, whoa, we're having a great old time. And I get it. If you didn't like this, I can understand. Because it was like taking adrenaline and ejecting it into your eye. But I am giving it an up roller coaster this. I had a great time. Somehow there was even more segments on this Dynamite, and I'll never understand how AEW fit these all in. But of course, we had to have our last face-off between Brian Danielson and MJF. Now look, this was a little bit rushed, but my word, it rocked. Because Brandon Paquette welcomed Brian to the ring, who did his whole, if you fight for your dreams, your dreams will fight for you. And when he says that, he means it so damn much, it makes you feel something. When, of course, out came Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Before MJF could say anything, though, Danielson just cut him off. And holy moly, he went crazy. Because he was like, oh, look at you. Last week, you're like, I deserve this. I deserve that. You don't deserve anything, you absolute goober. You cheat and you find other ways. In order to get success, you don't actually put any effort in. And the only thing you do deserve is the fact your fiancé left you. (laughs) So I was facepalming again. I don't know if that's a work or shoot. Still gets me. On the flip side, though, Brian has fought for every single damn thing, which is why he was able to return to wrestling. And his new dream is to become the AEW World Champion. So now he's going to fight for that. Now, look, I love MGF. I think he's fantastic. And as big as he is now, he's going to get even bigger. But this is it for me. I think AEW should call an audible and make Brian Danielson the champion. This is the time. He's so damn hot right now. He also doubled down on that when he said on Sunday, excuse my language, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. And he said that, and you can imagine the reaction. So just take everything I say and copy and paste it. This is definitely getting it up. Maxwell sold this like, oh my gosh, I'm in so much trouble. And I get a one-hour Iron Man match is going to be hard. But if anyone can do it, it's probably these two. can't remember if I gave it an up. But it definitely gets an up. I cannot wait. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's AEW Dynamite and click one of the videos on the screen so we can have more video fun. Also, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Also, realize I got this the wrong way around. I haven't given up or down to AEW Dynamite. I am giving it an up. Thought it was a great go-home show. Go to whatculture.com, follow us on social media, and come back Monday morning if you're an AEW fan. Well, you should be here Saturday morning for Rampage. But on Monday morning, we up those downs for Revolution. I can feel it in my bones. It's gonna rock. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.